Okay. Uh, today's learning is Lizech and Nishmas, Moshe ben Nachman Alevi, and all those that uh, and Eretz and all those that paid for the uh, for the schusim for the daf. We're up to daf Yud Gimel Amid Aleph, three lines into the page Gufa. What we said yesterday. Sorry, <coughs> starting. What we said yesterday was that according to Yehesi Aglili, he looked at Kachim Kalim as belonging to you. Your, per, your personal property, while they're alive. So if you dedicate a shlamim, before you shecht it, it's yours. Meaning you could be mekadosh anisha with it. Um, it has halachas that if you withhold information, right, the pasuk that Rav Yosef was referring to is, let's say, I deposit this phone by you. And then you deny it falsely. You lie under oath that I gave it to you. You have to bring a carbon. The pasuk says, Mo'amal Bashem. says the Gemara, says, let's say the person deposited a shlamim by him. And he says, hey, can I get back? He says, I don't know what you're talking about. Swear. And he swore under oath falsely. The halacha is, Yechayi carbon. I, if you would have sworn about a chatas, you wouldn't. The answer is because kachim, kachim belong to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They're not yours anymore. So I didn't hurt you personally. The Pesach describes hurting another Jew personally. Ma'amal Ba'ashem describes even kachim kalim. So if you see shita is... Kachim Kalim belong to belong to uh, the person themselves. Now, what we said yesterday was not all Kachim Kalim are the same. We said yesterday that Bechar, uh, during the times of the Beis HaMikdash, uh, is different. The reason being is because that's called Matnas Kahuna. That's the Kachim Kalim that were made by God as opposed to Kachim Kalim made by you. But now we're going to talk more about this, about which Kachim Kalim Rav Yossi Aglili was talking about and which not. Let's start the Gemara. The Brises starts off that Rav Yisrael says all Kachim Kalim belong to you. Ben Azay says no. The Rabbis is Ashlomim. Ben Azay says that Rav Yisrael only was talking about Shlomim. Not all Kachim Kalim, Shlomim. Okay. Abba Yosi ben Deistoyomer loyomer Ben Azay ela bechar bolvad. And Abba Yosi says that Ben Azay, who was explaining Rav Yosi, was really only referring to bechar. So either he was referring to all Kachim Kalim, just Shlomim, or just Bechar. And by the way, Rashi says this Bechar is obviously talking about either Bizman Hazeh or Bizman Beis HaMikdash Bechutz Laaretz, where you don't have to bring it as a carbon. So, okay. So there's a machlaikis as to how large of the scope was Rav Yossi Haglil referring to when he described Kachim Kalim as being personal property. So let's go through it inside. Amir Ma'ar, Ben Azay, Amir L'Rabbis, is a Shlomim. Ben Azay says that Rav Yossi Haglil only was referring to Shlomim. So, Shlomim only, meaning Rav Yosei who said that Kachim Kalim are personal property, not all Kachim Kalim, Dafka Shlomim. Okay. Now, Lemute Mai, Shlomim as opposed to what? So the Gemara understands it doesn't mean Shlomim to the exclusion of everything, but it's to exclude something. So, to exclude what? Ilim Buta Bechar, if you want to say to exclude Bechar. Now, again, Rashi says this is talking about Bechar in Chutzlaretz. Meaning, Bechar and Chutzlaret, Rav Yosei feels his personal property. So when Ben Azay says he was only referring to Shlomim, he was not excluding Bechar and Chutzlaret. Correct, it's not going to be set up as a carbon. You're not obligated to bring it as a carbon. I mean, you could, but you're not obligated. Well, it is. It's just, it's, it's not required of Pitaira because of the Pasuk. So the point is, so when Ben Azay says that Rav Yosei feels that Kachim Kalim are only personal property, but it's only Shlomim, 
it's not only shalom, but it's to the exclusion of what? Don't tell me it's to exclude Bechar, meaning, and Bechar is God's property. This is again Bechar and Chutz Laaretz. But no, why? Hashtu mashlamim shatunin smicha, unesachim, utunuvas chazavishaik. Amrit mamin bailam hu, Bechar mi bai. Out of the two, which is more likely to be personal property? Shlamim which you have to bring as a carbon, because you dedicate it as a carbon. When you bring it, you have to bring nesachim, you have to wave it, it has so many halachas. That, Rav Yosef says, that's still personal property. Bechor Chutzlars, which you don't even have to bring as a carbon, of course that's personal property. It has much less requirements. So when, Yosef, when Ben Azay says that Rav Yosef said Shlomim to the exclusion of what? It can't be to exclude Bechar because it's unlikely that Bechar would be God's property when it's Bechar and Chutzlar. So you don't even have to bring it as a carbon. What do you say personal property? I mean, it's yours that you can make an issue with it. So the Gemara says, and I'm Mazik, you I have to pay. All those halachas. So the Gemara says, It was to exclude Meiser, meaning Meiser Behema, Meiser Behema, which is also Kachin Kalim, that Rav Yossi Haglili feels is not yours. Why? It's purely based on a Pasuk. Because what's the difference between, I don't know, like why are we making distinctions? The answer is because by the Pasuk says by Meiser, it has the word Loi Yigal. Loi Yigal, Rashi says, is used generally by things that you are not allowed any benefit from. Lo yigal. So the Pasuk says, Lo yigal by Meiser, saying, it's not yours. Lo yigal. There's no redemption, meaning it is not yours at all. That, Rav Yaseh feels, is not personal property. Kedetanya, uh, as the Brisa makes a distinction between Bechar and Meiser. Bechar Nemar, the Pasuk says by Bechar, Lo Sifta. It says you're not allowed to redeem it, but that implies that it's still yours. Therefore, Nimkar Tam Chai, you could sell it while it's, uh, if it's unblemished, uh, you could sell it. Ubalmum Chai Veshachet. And if it's slaughtered, you could even, if it has a mum, you could even sell it slaughtered. That's Bechar. But by Meiser Nema Lo Yigal, by Meiser it says the word Lo Yigal, which is a much stronger Lashon. That's a Lashon that says no benefit. That you're not let to sell at all. That's not your property. Okay, so that's this shot of the Gemara, that Ben Azai, who says that according to Rabbi it's Dafka Shlamim, it means Shlamim and not Meiser. Okay. Ravina Masi La Sefa. Some have the same Gemara, but on the last opinion, as opposed to Ben Azai, on the third opinion of the Gemara. The third opinion was Abayoisi Ben Ben According to Abayoisi, Ravyoisi Aglili was not referring to Shlomo, he was only referring to Bukhar. So the question is that only Bukhar is yours. Wait a minute. Lemute Mai. So what does Abayoisi Ben Dustoy feel is God's property? Bukhar is yours. So what was he excluding? And if you want to say shlamim, no way. If bechar, which is kaddish mirechem, which is right, bechar in a way in chutzlar, it's in a way is more likely to be your property, but in a way it's more likely to be God's property because at the end of the day, it's not based on human interaction. It's 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 automatic. So if the last opinion feels the only thing that's that's yours is bechar to the exclusion of what? Don't tell me to the exclusion of shlamim because if bechar, which is holy from the womb. Is yours, Kavachoimer Shlomim is yours. Uma Bachar Shakadish Merechem in my Nehu, Shlomim boy, Amraviach Lamute Meiser, rather means to exclude Meiser. I mean, the last opinion feels that according to Vyasi Aguli, Shlomim is yours. Bachar is yours. The only thing that's not yours is Meiser. Okay, it's the same Gemara, just on the third opinion. Kidetania, Bibachar Nemalai Sifta, Venimkar Tam Chai, Balmum Chai Vishachet, Bimaisa Nemalai Yigo, Venimkar Loi Chai, Lashachal, Tamli Balmum. Okay, now there is one last issue. I'm going to reread the line, 
And now I'm going to reinterpret it the way the Gemara says it. The last opinion of the Gemara was, The only thing that's yours is Bechar, only. And now what are we saying? According to that opinion, what's yours? Bechar and Shlomim, not Meiser. If he says the only thing that's yours is Bechar, doesn't that kind of sound like he's saying the only thing that's yours is Bechar? You're saying it's Bechar and Shlomim. That's not what he says. He says Bechar. Right? You're saying that when he says Bechar Bilvad, the only thing that belongs to you is Bechar, Shlomim also. That's not what he says. So the Gemara says, Bechar Bilvad Ka'ama. Kasha. It's a good Kasha. I'm not sure. Okay. Now, just to remind us of why we got into this, this entire discussion of Shlomim and Kachikalim, Kachikachim, it was because of the following Diuk. The Mishnah wanted to say that if my animal damages Based on Mikdash property, I don't have to pay. But the Mishnah did not say my animal damaging wholly. It says, It made a distinction that it's only exempt if it damages something that has me'ila, which is kachay kachim. Things that don't have me'ila, even if they're holy, you are going to have to pay. So the Mishnah, by using the terminology of me'ila, makes a distinction between kachay kachim and kachay kachim, because kachay kachim have me'ila, not kachay kachim. I read the Mishnah much simpler. Like the way to simple read the way to read the Mishnah is that holy property belongs to God, you don't have to pay. But the Me'ila thing is the real crux because if, if you wanted to make the Mishnah a lot simpler, take out the word Me'ila, just say Kadosh. I don't have to pay for things that are Kadosh, but it says Me'ila. So you know what Rava says? Rava says, just read it differently. When the Mishnah says, I don't have to pay for things that don't have Me'ila, don't be so medayik. Me'ila is only Kachikachim, not Kachikalim. What type of Kachikachim? No, 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 no. It means things that are in the category of Me'ila, i.e. holy things. Meaning what the Mishnah is trying to say is basically, if my animal damages holy things, I don't have to pay. When it says me'ila, it doesn't mean me'ila. It means, it's like, you know, it's like a category. It's like me'ila is just a reference to holiness. You understand? It's like, you know, someone mentions, I'm going into the, the, the I'm going to the Mizbeach, which means, I don't know, I'm going to the base of English. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just trying, the word me'ila is not meant to be taken literally things that have me'ila. And if things that don't have me'ila, I do it. No, no, no. It just means things that are in the category of me'ila, i.e. holy things. No, it's just saying basically when it says me'ila, it's not to the exclusion of kachikalim. It's just holy as opposed to mundane. Now, there's one issue with this, and I think this is the most obvious issue, which is, so say that, right? If the Mishnah wanted to say that if my animal damages holy things, I don't have to pay, and it said me'ila, but it didn't mean me'ila, it meant holy. So just say holy. Like, be clearer. As the Gemara says, so what is it trying to say? I only have to pay if it's mundane, as opposed to holy. So listeni hedit. So say that kasha. It's a good kasha. It's a kasha. I'm Rav Abba. Shlomim sheheziku goyve mibsarun veina goyve meimurehen. Okay, the halach is like this. If my animal damage, we know that the first three times with a horn, the first three times I have to pay half half damages. We've also seen there's a cap. The cap is the value of the damager's the damager's value. So let's say my ox, which is worth a hundred dollars, damages your ox, completely destroys it. Your ox is worth five hundred dollars, so I have to pay half, two fifty. Nope, you get a hundred dollars, and and by the way, you just take the ox. You get paid from the ox itself. So you just take my hundred dollar ox. That's that's the rule. What if my ox is a shlomim? Okay, so. 
I am now paying you. You're collecting from my animal. You're only allowed to collect from the parts of the shlamim that I could eat. You cannot collect from the parts that will be on the mizbech. Let's say, think of an ox, just picture an ox in your head, a shlamim. It's going to be 20%, let's say, is going to be on the mizbech. 80% are going to be able to be eaten. Let, let's just say. It's, it's, not, it's not like that because parts go to Kahana, but let's just make it easy. 80 and 20. My animal damages your animal. You're collecting from the animal itself. You're going to take the 80%. You're not going to take the 20% that belongs, that's supposed to be burnt on the mizbech. So th- there's a problem with this. It's pretty posh. What am I? I'm supposed to get paid with chaylev? I'm supposed to get paid with uh, the parts that are going to be burnt on the mizbech? What, what, what am I going to do with that? Imagine if you wanted to pay a debt with something that, and you give them the debt, and they're like, what is this? You're like, oh, it's the fats that are going to be burnt on the mizbech. Can I eat it? No. Can I do anything with it? No. So what, what, what type of payment is this? So the Gemara says, if my animal, which is a shlomim, damages, you're paid from the basar, which is going to be eaten. And you're not paid, the debt is not paid off with the sacrificial fats. So the Gemara says, Of course not, of course I can't pay you with the sacrificial fats. It's going to be on the mizbech. Well, what's the, what's the shayla? The answer is like this. This is the chiddush. Here's the deal. Let's say I have... I have, make it easy, Gavin's animal is worth $200. My shlomim animal is also worth $200. My animal completely destroys his animal. So I have to pay half damages, which is 100 bucks. So take half the, half the cow, keep it. My worth 200, take half. Here's the problem. My ox, if you actually were to look with like x-ray vision, $150 of it is edible. $50 is going to be on the mizbeach. The halacha is, those $50 are not part of the cheshven. We look at it as two separate animals. There's a $50 part of the animal and a $150 part of the animal. My animal is only worth $150. Remember, there's a cap. The cap is, you're, I'm, I, so therefore, you're, you're getting, again, I destroyed your animal, so you're getting, I, you're owed, it's a $200 animal, I owe you $100. I don't have a $200 animal. I actually have a $150 animal. I'm only going to pay 70 I'm going to pay I'm going to pay, you're going to collect the $100 from the $150, not from the other $50. Meaning basically, the part of the animal that has the emurim is deducted from the overall value of the ox. If, his cow is worth less, if your cow is only worth 80 you're not going to get it. You're giving 80% of the 80 Correct. You're not going to get... You, you don't still owe the... Correct. Damage. Correct. Meaning we look at it as sort of like two different animals. There's the Amurim part of the animal, which you cannot collect debt from because it belongs to God. Then there's the other part. So we don't look at it as my animal is a $200 animal. It's not. It's a $150 animal and a $50 animal in one body. And therefore, you're only going to collect up to the cap of 150 That's the point. You're not going to have a cap of 200 It's not going to be, you know what I mean? That should be if your account is $150, $50 as well is... Correct. So should be at 100. Yeah. Uh, my point is, but my point is, we do not look at it as a two hundred dollar animal that is capped like that. It's a hundred and fifty dollar animal. We take the emurim and it's deducted from the overall value of the ox itself. I think they bring down the uh, the the math of it. Just one second. Uh, <clears throat> here, um, a shlamim ox with two hundred zuz, again with one hundred and fifty and fifty, right? Uh, damaged another worth two hundred. The damaged party may collect only half the meat, although this amount falls short of the 100 zuz. Do it as the yeah you pay you collect from ha- half of the half of the animal. 
Yeah. Meaning you collect from half of the animal, you collect chatzinezek, so I'm going to give you half the damages, and you collect from half of the animal, so that's 150, you're going to get 75. You're not going to get a full, you're not going to get the full amount. We don't look at it as the sacrificial part, like the, a part that, that damaged those $50. We don't say, well, let the other part of the animal sort of like pick up the slack. We look at it as two separate animals. There's the $50 animal, which you cannot collect anything from. And now there's $150 animal. I'm going to give you half, which is 75 bucks. So, yeah. Um, you know, so no, one second. Uh, yeah. Okay, now let's go back to so here's the deal. So basically, we look at it as this $200 animal is really comprised of two different parts. There's a $50 part, which you can't collect from. And then there's a $150 part that you could collect from. But the $50 part, the $150 part does not, like, pick up the slack. It's interesting, by the way. That means that we, we sort of look at it as, it's actually very interesting the way we look at it. My, again, my animal destroyed Gavin's animal. His worth $200, yeah? I have to pay him $100. So now he wants to collect from me. My animal, we don't look at it as my animal owes him $100. We look at it as it's two different halves of the animal. The Amurim part, that owes you, they, that you owe $25. The other part owes $75. You could collect $75 from that part, and the $25, you're exempt. Now, the Chiddush of this is, basically, the Gemara wants to know, what is the Chiddush? I'll tell you why. Aliba Deman, who is this like? Now, there is a Machlaikas, that just to clarify a point, this is going to be a discussion in Daf Nun Gimel. The Machlaikas is as follows. My ox gores your ox into a pit. It knocks it into the pit. Who has to pay? So the goring, I, the pit, did damage. The answer is, well, it didn't fall into my pit, right? Again, my ox pushes your ox into Gavin's pit. Who has to pay? Me. Why? His pit also has to pay. He says, no, his pit didn't do damage. My ox, Gordon, pushed it into the pit. If my ox didn't push it into the pit, then the pit wouldn't have done damage. So you're collecting money from me. Let's say I'm poor. I don't have any penny. I, don't, I got nothing. He's very wealthy. Could you collect from him? It's a machlaikas. So if you're coming to me and I can't pay, could you, do you have to pay? It's a machlaikas. So here's the shaila. In this case, you have the two sides of the animal. You have the $50 side of the emurim. That owes half the damage. But you're not collecting the $25 from that. You have the $150 side of the animal. You are collecting $75 from that. The 150 side of the animal does not pick up the slack for the other side. Now, who is this like? Aliba Daman. E Aliba de Rabbanon. If it's according to the Rabbanon Pshita, Ha'amri Kilekalishtalu Mehai Loi Mishtal Mehai. The Rabbanon Pshita is that if, let's say, the one who gores into the pit cannot pay, you cannot go to Gavin to collect the money. Why? Because you got to go to me only. So then, according to them, it's Pashit. You're going to the $50 part of the ox, but that is a murim. It doesn't have any value. It can't pay. Think of the $50 part of the ox as a very, very poor person. That there's two damagers. There's the one side of the ox, which damaged, the other side of the ox, which is very poor. What's the chiddush of the gemara? The emurim part, which can't pay, the other side doesn't have to pick up the slack. Well, according to Rabban, that's pshita. If the case of the ox, the goring and the pit, I can't go to you, so, obviously, I can't go to the other side and say, pick up the slack. And he yell, the Rav Nasan, so it can't be the Rabbanon. But if it's according to Rav Nasan, Rav Nasan's shita is that the ox that gores, if he can't pay, you take a go to the Balhabar. You go to the pit. Because the, and the pit guy will pay. So the question is, if that's true, then why doesn't the other part of the animal have to pick up the slack? 
You understand what we're saying right now? You have this one ox, which it's worth $200, and it gores. It destroys your animal worth $200. I have to pay 100 bucks. No, I don't. I'll tell you why. We look at it as my ox is actually two different oxen in one skin. There's the $50 ox, which is a murim, which damaged. That has to pay $25 worth of damages. And then there's a second part of the ox with $150 that has to pay $75 worth of damages. How much are you going to collect? $75 only. Why? Because the part of the emurim does not pick up the slack. So the question is, who is this like? According to the Rabbanon, it's Pasha that that's the halacha. You don't even have to tell me why. Because according to the Rabbanon, the Baal Habar does not have to pick up the slack for the Baal Ashar. So over here also doesn't have to pick up the slack. According to the Rav Nosen, the halacha is that the Baal Habar does pick up the slack. So why over here does the other side of the ox not pick up the slack? So what's the difference? So the basic answer is going to be, the difference between these two cases is, over there there's two separate beings. There's the Baal Habar and the Baal Hashar. Over here it's one ox. That is the major distinction. So the Gemara says, The Gemara could be according to Rav Nosan, or it could be according to the Rabbanon. It could be the Rabbanon Shita. I, the Rabbanon Shita is that if you go to the Balashar and he can't pay, you cannot collect from the Balabar. The other one does not have to pick up the slack. So if that's the case, isn't it poshit that the other part of the ox does not have to pick up the slack for the part of the Emurim? And the answer is no. The Chiddush is... The Gemara says, I would say, yeah, I'm a Balhabar. I own a pit. You own an ox that gored it. You did the damage, and then it went into my pit. Of course I don't have to pick up your slack. We're two different people. Why should I have to help you? But, but over here we're talking one ox. So it's not like one side of the ox is... T- it's one ox. So you're going to say, well, the part of the ox that belongs to the Bizbeach can't pay. The other side of the ox doesn't have to pay. What do you mean, other side? It's one ox. Yeah, I mean, it's one ox, so maybe it should be that you have to pay, that the other side has to pick up the slack. Maybe the guy should pay from the entire, whatever, okay, so the murim can't pay, so the other side pick up the slack. And says the Gemara, or it could be our Gemara follows Rav Nosan. I, according to Rav Nosan, the Balabar has to pick up the slack. So if the Balabar has to pick up the slack, why is it that over here, the side of the murim does not have to pick up the slack? The reason why over there the Balabar has to pick up slack is because the guy who got hurt, he's saying, listen, I know I got gored, but where did my animal end up? In your pit. So you're responsible. And therefore, says the Gemara, the Balabar says, the, 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 the damaged property says to the Balabar, listen, I'll try to collect from the, the owner of the ox, but if not, it ended up in your pit. So you're going to have to pay. Go to the next page. But in the case of the Shalamim, over here, can, can, he can't really say that the damage was done on one side more than the other. Therefore, meaning, when it's a balabar and a balashar because of two separate people, he can say, listen, I got a certain amount of damages from this side, I got a certain amount of damages from you, right? The shar goring me caused 70% of the damage, falling into your pit caused 30%, I'm going to try to get the money from him, but if I can't, I'm going to you. But over here, it's one ox. There's no percentages. And therefore, you can't go to one side over the other. You just go to the, the Imurim side is completely exempt. There's no picking up the slack because it's not like, it's not like one did more damage than the other. Therefore, it's just one ox. You're just going to go to one side. If you can't pay, then you're out. Okay, this is the, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tricky lambdas. You got a hazard over. Uh, okay. Yeah. If your ox damages, can, can you designate that ox as hectish? We're going to see you can in a little bit, and you will get out of paying. You will then get out of paying, yeah. You might have to, it might be a, 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 a
Meaning whether they could take you to court for doing that, it's a shayla. But yes, you could do that. That's actually what Gavin is saying is a very clever point. My ox gores your ox. I now owe you money, but you only collect from the ox itself. Right before you collect, you're like, Hefker, Hektish, sorry. That, that is a loophole, yes. It's a jerk thing to do, but yes. It's, it's, uh, I know, people have done crazy stuff. So let's go weiter. Okay, the halacha was, Amir Rava, Taidish Ezika. I have a carbon taida. My carbon taida damages you. So what's the halacha? The halacha is going to be that you will eat the parts of the carbon that, you could, that I could eat, I give to you as payment. You eat it. Now, a carbon taida also comes with bread. You collect from the basar, you don't collect from the bread. Meaning, let's say you're owed $100, but the ox is only worth 75 but the bread is worth $25. you are not getting the bread. You're getting the ox. So the Gemara says, yeah, pshita, lechem pshita, it's pasha. Why should you get the bread? The bread didn't do anything to you. So the Gemara says, you're right. Save it, that's pasha. The chiddush is the second part of the b'risa. What's the second part of the b'risa? Very simple. My ox, toida, damages you. I pay you with the carbon toida, so you eat the carbon toida. I eat the bread. The chiddush is that I eat the bread and not you. You eat the meat, I eat the bread. So the Gemara says, Hanami pshita, of course it's pasha. Why should you eat? It's my carbon. <laughs> Again, I can let someone eat from my carbon. So I'm going to let you eat my, my carbon taida as payment. But the chiddush is, I bring the bread and I eat the bread. Isn't that also pasha? Why should you supply the bread? The answer is, the same. You might think, even the lechem echsher dezevachu, You might think, at the end of the day, who's eating the meat? You. So maybe you might think that the same way you're eating the meat, you should also bring the bread, you should also eat the bread. Kamash Malan, no. The bread is a chiv on the owner, me. Even if I can't end up eating the meat, I have to supply the bread and I have to eat the bread. Two separate concepts, basically. You understand? Okay. All right, let's just run through the rest of the Mishnah. Um, the Gemara is going to uh, explain some of the concepts. Very simple. The next part of the Mishnah was, Nechasim Shehem Shal Bnei Bris. The next part of the Mishnah was that I do not have to pay unless my animal damaged a Bnei Bris. Bnei Bris means Yehudi. Says the Gemara... Why do they use the term Bnei Bris versus going... I don't know, maybe at the time of that Mishnah, maybe when it was written, it was a little more politically correct, I'm not sure. So Mute Mai, what does it mean Bnei Bris? Well, simply put, it means if my animal damages a Goyesh Emel, I don't have to pay. Here's the question, though. Why does the Mishnah have to say this? That's the next Mishnah. The next Mishnah says, So why does our Mishnah say it's saying the same thing? So the answer is, you're right, it is saying the same thing. Sometimes the Mishnahist does that. It tells you the rule, and then it explains in further detail later on. It's not saying two separate things. It's saying the rule here and explaining it for the detail later on. The next part of the Mishnah was, Nechasim hamiyuchadim. I only have to pay if it was privately held property, meaning singular property. So what does that mean? What does that mean? Um, the case is like this. Basically, uh, you, you, you actually, by the way, this cabin, think of oxen as like cars that are driving. Both of your oxen are passing by my ox. I, I can't see for a second because whatever I got my vision got blocked. All of a sudden, my ox got hurt. I don't know who. So I go to you. I'm like, you did it. And he's like, no, no, he did it. I'm like, one of you did it. The halacha is you don't split it. I'm you're both potter. 
if I can't definitively prove who damaged me, so I say Menashe did it, Menashe's like, no, 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 uh, my, my Rabbi Zach did it. They're arguing. I'm like, listen, one of you did it, so split it. No. Nechasim yuchadim, you only pay when you can identify the damager. Yeah, okay. right. he says. Um, I say you hit my uh, you might hit my ox. He's like, no, no, the other guy hit it. I was just walking past. He's like, no, 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 yours did it. I was just walking past. Allah is, you're both potter because I can't identify the damager. So if that's what the Mishnah is saying, the problem is But that's the next Mishnah. The next Mishnah says, If both of them are uh, both of them are claiming the other one did it, the halacha is the both potter. So why does this Mishnah have to say when it's the next Mishnah? The answer is ton of Same answer. Our Mishnah is giving the rules, and then the next Mishnah is explaining it in further detail. Masi Santana Prat Hefker. The Brisa said that I only have to pay if the animal belongs to someone, not if it's Hefker. You do not have to pay when it's Hefker. Now the question, what is the case? Does that mean Hefker damaged me or I damaged Hefker? Think about it. Let's talk outside very simply. The, mish- the Brisa says there is no payment when it's Hefker, when the animal is Hefker. Two options. My animal, uh, Hefker damaged me. Let's say my animal damaged Hefker and the Chiddush is I don't have to pay. Pay who? The animal doesn't belong to anybody. A wild horse. My animal damages a wild horse. The price is I don't have to pay. Pay who? <laughs> what the opposite? The wild horse damaged me, and the chiddush is I don't I don't get paid. Why not? Just take the animal as payment. It's free. Like well, what? What's the price is saying that there's no payment by Hefker? If I was damaging Hefker, of course, because who's going to take me to court? And if Hefker damages me, then why don't I just take the animal? What, what is Bryce referring to? What, so the Gemara says, hey, what's the case? If the case is that my animal gored an ownerless animal, and I don't have to pay, of course, who's taking me to court? It doesn't belong to anybody. It's the opposite case. It's a wild horse attacked my animal. And the Chiddush is, I don't get paid. Why not? The Gemara says, why not just take it? Just take it as payment. The answer is, the answer is, here's the case. A wild horse comes and attacks my animal. Yeah, I'm like, I'll grab it as payment. Right before I grab it, you took it, because it's Hefker. The halacha is, I can't demand it from you in any way. Okay, let's keep going. Ravina Omar, another inter- uh, uh, interpretation of Hefker. It's not actually Hefker, it's Hegdish. It's what Gavin's case was. My animal, uh, Menashe's animal damages me, my animal, and right before I take him to court, he's like, Hegdish. He makes his animal Hegdish. The halacha is, I'm messed up. There's nothing I can do because it's no longer owned by him, so I can't take him to court. and I can't collect the debt because you collect the debt from the animal itself. So that's, you know. Again, whether it's the right thing to do, of course not. And whether I, I could take him to court for other reasons, maybe. But that's the halacha. The Gemara says, there's a b'risa that explicitly says this. The b'risa says, yes, if an ox gored and then the owner subsequently made it hegdish, or or it gored and then you made it hefker, the halacha is potter. You're exempt. The animal doesn't go to the death penalty if the animal kills somebody. Shanamar, as the Pasah says, It says you take the owners to court. That implies that it still has an owner. It still has to have an owner from the time that it gores to the time that it's taken to court. And there's no kind of theoretical mum on the animal from what No. Oh, for Hegdish? Yeah, but it doesn't mean that they'll bring it as a carbon. They could sell it as monetary value. Now, by the way, 
one quick point before we go right there. It says it has to have an ownership from the time that it damaged me until it's taken to court. Shouldn't it be till it has the sentence? Taken to court and the sentencing could be months apart. It sounds like as long as it's owned, by the time it goes to court, then it's like too late. But even after it goes to court, you could still be magdish before the gavel goes down. So the Gemara says, Gemara din I thought it's not when it's taken to court, I thought it's when the verdict is announced. The answer is, you're right, change the Lashon. It means that you're only going to be able to, to, to collect payment if from the time of the damaging until the verdict is announced, it's owned by you. If at any point in between, you're magdish it or mafkar it, fresh out of luck. Because it's a... Yeah, because it's a jerk thing to do. I mean, not Hefker, I, I could see that. You get freaked out, like your animal kills somebody, and you don't know what that means. You're like, Hefker, I don't know. So yeah, no, no, but, that, that, but, that, but, that, but that, there's fear. Yeah. It's called a hit and run. Yeah. People do it all the time. Not me. <laughs> not me. <I> never have. <laughs> That's how you get in trouble. No, no, but I'm saying, but you're right. It's like a hit and run. I guess it's it's what stops people from doing a hit and run. Well, over there, there's a fear of punishment. I think that also it's the, it's an awful thing to do. Yeah, I'm sure in Shemayim you're punished for doing this. I, I'm sure if you're causing a Jew to not to, to not be able to collect payment, I'm sure in Shemayim you'd be punished for this. I, I guarantee you that it's not the right thing to do. Now, um, now. Okay, let's go back Just to finish up the daf. The Mishnah then said that I only pay if the item is not in my property. What do you mean? my boy. If your animal breaks into my property and then my animal damages you, I don't have to pay. Why? my boy. I can say, what is your animal doing in my property? Your animal should not be in my property. If you come into my property and my and, and then you get shot, that's your problem. Sort of like that. Like if your animal break, you come into my property and my animal damages you, then why are you in my property? This is, huh? Yeah. The point is, okay, now here's the next line, and this will deal with Rishus. We'll be done in eight minutes. By 8.30 we'll be done. Rishus Hanizik Vahamazik. Rishus Hanizik Vahamazik. So the Mishnah then said, what if it's shared property? It doesn't say what the halacha is. It says shared property. Rishus Hanizik Vahamazik. It could be shared property is exempt or shared property is chayef, meaning me and you share a backyard. And then your animal comes into our shared backyard and my animal attacks you. So if you came into my private backyard, I don't have to pay. If I went into your backyard, I definitely have to pay. The question is, what if it's a shared property? Two different opinions. The Gemara says, If it's a shared property, meaning if we have a shared property, I have to pay for Shane, Regal, and Karen. And this is how you read the Mishnah. It's only exempt when you broke into my property. But if it's a shared property, then you're chayv. Okay, that's the first opinion. Rav Loza disagrees. He says, no, No, if it's shared property, I'm potter. Because I could still say, listen, we have a shared backyard. That's part of the deal. You knew when we had a shared backyard that my animal might attack your animal. So I'm potter. And this is how you read the Mishnah. I'm only potter if it breaks in. Meaning, if you break into my property or we have a shared property, I'm potter. You put the comma afterwards. 
Last year, Karen. Oh, so now what are the words in the Mishnah when it says, Kishahizachav Amazik, what is that including? According to the first opinion, that's an inclusive one. According to the first opinion, that's including a shared property to say that you're Chayiv. Hizachav Amazik is including a shared property. Now we're saying no, a shared property is Potter. So what is Kishahizachav Amazik including? Last year, Karen. It's including Karen. Now this brings us back to the first daf where we said, what is Mave? Mave is either Shane. Or it's Adam. If it's Shane, then how you read the Mishnah, it's Shar, which is Regel, Mave, which is Shane, and we said there's one missing, Karen. Kishahizachavamazik is Karen. So that's what we're saying over here. The words Kishahizachavamazik is including Karen. But if you hold that Mave is Adam and Shar is all parts of the Shar, then what is Kishahizachavamazik including? The Gemara says, Hanich Shmuel, El Rav. What is Chav Hamazik including? Chav Hamazik is including the following case. Okay, I'm a watchman, an unpaid watchman, a paid watchman, a borrower. Let's go borrower, it's the easiest one. I borrow an animal for you, and the animal, there's a damage that happens. We'll talk about exactly in a moment what, what happens. What's the payment? If the animal for the first three times I pay half, and if it was after three times I pay full. However, if the wall that was holding in the animal broke at night, so it's an onus, I'm onus, I don't have to pay. Now here's the last point, and we'll end with this. We just said that if I'm a, I borrow an ox from you, and then a damage happens, the first three times I pay half. Who damaged who got damaged? I borrow Bessie. We'll call her Bessie. I borrow an ox, Bessie. I have my own oxen. I borrow Bessie. A damage happens. The payment is half, half. Tom, you pay half. Who damaged who? The man of Shacha doesn't make sense. I'll tell you why. What's the case? Uh, very simple. Let's go with the first option that um, I borrow Bessie from you, okay? I borrow Bessie from you, and the animal that I borrowed from you attacked my animal. I go to you and I'm like, you should pay. Can I ask you a question? Do you have to pay in that case? You lent me Bessie. While it's under my watch, it attacked my animals. I'm now going to you and I'm saying, pay me half the price. No chance. When you lend me an animal, it's my responsibility. If it were to damage other people's property, I'd have to pay. I couldn't go to the original owner, right? You lent me Bessie, and she attacks Adam's, Adam's ox. You think that I can go to the original owner and say, you should pay up. You're like, dude, you're responsible. You're a shoyal. I lent it to you. It's your responsibility. So now instead of it attacking Adam's ox, it attacked my own ox. You think I can go to the original owner? No way. You understand? You understand the case? If I borrow an ox from you and it attacks my own property, you don't have to pay. The whole point of borrowing is it's the borrower's responsibility. So the Gemara says, If this, if Bessie would have attacked other people, it's my responsibility as the borrower. So now that it attacked my property, I can go to the original owner? No way. So you'll say, okay, so it can't be, I borrowed Bessie. It can't be that Bessie attacked others. Rather, the case is I borrowed Bessie and my animals attacked Bessie. And what do I do? I pay half. I shouldn't have to pay half. I should pay whole. What's the halach? If you borrow an animal and it gets damaged, what do you do? You don't pay half. You replace the whole thing. If I borrow a hammer from you 
and then while I'm working, the whole thing gets shattered. What's the halacha? I get the half? You pay whole. You're a borrower. You're chay of shalim. So the Gemara says, the tari the tari the mashal. it's Basically, in other words, we're going to stop here. We'll deal with it tomorrow. What is the case where an animal was borrowed and you pay half? Because if I borrowed an animal and it attacked my animals, you're going to be completely exempt. If my animals attacked it, I'm 100% guilty. I pay whole. So what is the situation that you pay half? Stop here. Pick it up tomorrow.